0: So, hey, we're joining into this series on fruit of the spirit. And, and um, you know, we just we just came out of this series on faith. And we talked about faith basically all summer into the fall. And, and it's my hope that our faith has grown and our trust in God has grown. And we've been able to recognize that there are areas of life that we are uncertain of or we're unsure of. But we don't need to be shaken because what we don't know, God is still king and ruler over. And he's fully aware of and he's the one who's inviting us into that place so that we can know his lordship and his kingship so that we can experience his provision. We can experience his relationship in those places as well. Now here's the thing with faith is that sometimes people get some faith and then they start acting crazy. Right? Have you ever known anybody who's got some faith and started acting crazy? And so, uh, right? And and you just kind of start justifying your life because it's faith, you know? And it's like, God, I got faith. God told me to do this. And, you know, like I'm selling everything and I'm giving it all away. And by the way, can you pay my electric bill? You know? (laughs) And you're like, well, I don't know if that was faith or if that was ambition, but it was something. And so... So what happens is it's easy sometimes if you're undirected or undiscipled or untrained or unlearned or living outside of community that, that that what you think is faith can draw you away from what it is that God is actually leading you into. and And this is what happened in the church of Galatia. The church in Galatia was—they came to Christ. They came from all these other religions, and 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 there there are Jews among them, and and they're sitting here, and they're they're growing in their relationship with Jesus, and and they're like, man, this grace thing is. Awesome. We're not justified by the law anymore. We're justified by grace because, and, and because we've got all this faith that Jesus has forgiven us, and He's given us eternal life, and He's given, and He's delivered us from from sin and death. Because we've got these promises that we can hold on to, that means we can do anything we want. And Paul's like, "Hey, no, stop." stop the train that is not why jesus died and rose from the dead that was not his purpose that's not the the reality that's let me offer some some clarity let me offer some distinction for you so that you can understand the difference between somebody who's in their flesh and somebody who's walking in faith according to the power of the holy spirit so you don't get confused between the two and and fall into a trap of what we we in today's time we call it hyper grace Hyper grace would say that because Jesus has forgiven me, I can, I can smoke crack and sleep with tons of women and do whatever I want. And with no regard for its effect on me or my marriage or my life or my relationship with God, because it's by grace through faith anyway. So, so the things that, the things that were, were challenging the church at the very beginning of time, even challenged the church today and you'll hear people talk about oh well it's just it's just covered it's it's under the blood of Jesus they like, like real casual like it's all right no we're forgiven so we can do this and we can live in adulterous relationships because it's all under grace no 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 one of the graces of God is that he draws near to us and he convicts us of sin and he convicts us of righteousness. And Paul is now, so he, he's talking to, the, uh, talking to, he's writing this letter to the, the church in Galatia to help clarify who he is and what his role is, what the role of the law is as it relates to the believer. And now in, in Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 through 22, he's going to draw a distinction between what is flesh and what is of the spirit so that the church doesn't get confused or try and justify their lives in one direction or the other. And so I want to read this together. It's Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 20. It's actually 23. I lied on the slide. But if you could go ahead and stand up with me, we'll read this together. Now, the works of the flesh are evident sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is God's word to us, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word and the clarity that it brings to what our expectations should be of of your kingdom, but also of what you desire for us. Teach us today and lead us in truth so that we could be who you've called us to be in you and experience the fullness of your presence in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I bet you didn't expect to be saying the word orgies in church today, did you? But if you can't talk about it here, woo! I was like, should I use a different version of the Bible? And I was like, no, you know what? We're going to use that word. And um, and you're the ones who said it. No, the reality is I, like, so so here's the thing. Sometimes we can be shy in church, but we weren't shy in the club. And so because we weren't shy in church, the way that we were bold, because, because we get that confused, we don't bring healing to those times when we were the least shy. Because it was like, I was real bold in my sin, and I was real bold in my wildness, and I was real bold in that, but I'm going to be real timid in my faith. And so we never fully apply our faith to the things that we need so desperately our faith to be applied to. So these kinds of things don't, don't, um, you know, you're like, oh my goodness, we just said a whole lot of really, a lot of things right here. We got, we got, we got through a lot of things. But I want to, what I want to do today is I want to highlight that there's an exchange that's available for us between what we're able to produce and what God wants to produce through us. And the only that we, way that we can do that and see that accomplished in our lives is if we acknowledge the first. Because otherwise you end up with some kind of weird soup where you're like, go to church and, and have fits of anger and, and, and rage. And then, and then I'm gonna go to prayer meetings and then I'm gonna go gossip about somebody and cause dissension. Or I'm gonna go, I'm gonna read my Bible for an hour and a half. And then, and then I'm gonna go look at stuff online. Or, or I'm gonna go to a, to, to that club or to that place or to that, that store. Or do, do that thing, right? And you end up with this weird stew that's like not righteous, but, but it doesn't quite, it's, it's like, it's like, it's still gross, but it's got this weird religious thing kind of tied into it. And then it doesn't resemble what it is that Christ intended for us to be walking in, in the first place. And so what I want to talk about first is the works of the flesh. That is what we naturally produce. Now the works of the flesh are evident, right? And as they're stated in this way, it'd be real easy to see. Right? But, but the problem with these things is that sometimes the seed of these things is a little trickier to identify. So, you know, it, it'd be, it'd be like, you know, sensuality. You're like, ah, was that sensuality or was that what, I'm not sure quite what that was, but the motivation or the stirring in your heart will tell you the difference between it. And then if you think it out to its logical end, you'll know what it is. And so, like, walking, walking down the mall, if you're, if you're, if you're a married man and, and you're walking along and, and you're just trying to catch people's eye, and I'm not talking about other guys, clearly. I'm talking about women walking the other direction and just trying to catch an eye and be like, oh, I see you. And and she's like, I see you too. See, you, what you might not realize is that's a seed of, of impurity. It's a seed of sexual immorality. Because what you're doing is you're sowing into a relationship that is not your covenant relationship that you've entered into in Christ. And so it's really it's, 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 it's that real, it's kind of quiet, right? Because, because when you were single, you were like, oh, I'm just looking for my wife and you could justify it. And you're like, when we lock eyes, we'll see each other, be like, I see you. And she's like, I see you. And you're like, you could be my wife. And she's like, I don't know. And you're like, and then, and then you were like, really? Cause I'm a God fearing man. Let's go to church together. <laughs> Cause that was your, your game. When, when you were like, John, come to small group with me and let's read the Bible. Because I want to discern by the Spirit if you're my wife. Because that's our stories for some of us. So, so we'll just keep moving. But, um, but you trained up your soul, you trained up your soul muscles to look a certain way and be a certain way. You entered into covenant, but your soul bent was so far in that direction, your behavior didn't change when your status changed. And so if your, if your behavior hasn't yet changed, I want to encourage you today is a call to change your behavior. But you're not going to change your behavior just simply by, by leaning on it with more of your flesh. You're going to change your behavior by exchanging what your flesh has produced with what the Spirit wants to produce in your life. I'm getting ahead of myself. but So the works of the, the flesh are evident. And what I love about Paul is that he was a Pharisee, so he was well-studied. And he knew... He knew what we were going to do with things, with things like this. He's like, well, I'm going to list off some of these things so people can look for it and, and they can be aware of it in their lives and so that they wouldn't do it anymore. But Paul, being a learned man, knows that people are going to look for the loophole. (laughs) Right? Just like you and I. We're going to look for the loophole. How can we get, how can we get what we want without calling it this? And it's like, well, that wasn't a fit of, of anger. That was a fit of frustration. Because fits of anger would be wrong. I am clearly just frustrated. Because the Bible's okay with that. It's not listed here. So we're okay. I'm not drunk. I'm just relaxed. Real relaxed. I'm under the influence. Drunk is wrong under the influence, not in the Bible. Right? Did you hear what they said about so-and-so? That's not dissentious. I'm just telling people so that you can pray for them. We just, just got to know. You got to pray for these people. They're struggling because they don't have any money to pay their bills. And I saw her talking to him at the mall. I saw him outside that road. I saw them argue in the car on the way to church. You should pray for them. Their marriage needs help. Just to... Just being spiritual. Right? So what we can do is we can gloss this up. And so Paul's like, I got you. I see where you're going. Been there, done that. Got the, got the robes and the tassels. And because he was a rabbi kind of guy. And so he goes, and things like these. And everybody goes, dang. <laughs> things like these, Paul's like, I'm going to eliminate the loophole by, by painting over everything. If it re- even resembles any of these things, I guarantee you it's a work of the flesh and it's something that you would naturally produce on your own. And so watch out for those fruits of the flesh or the, 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 the works of the flesh. Now let me qualify this by saying it doesn't mean that 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 the work of the flesh. It doesn't mean that you're never going to do a good thing. It doesn't mean you're incapable of planting a tree or walking an old lady across the street or or giving a gift to someone. It doesn't mean you're incapable of of good efforts and, and kindness. But it does mean that that um it does mean that it means that this is what the predominant thing that's going to come from your life is. And it's going to stain even the good things that your life can produce. And what he's about to do is he's going to draw a distinction between what it is that you're able to produce and what it is that you really want to produce with what the Spirit wants to produce in your life. And what we're going to see is that the Spirit is incapable of producing these things. The Spirit of God is incapable of producing sin. It's only capable of convicting us of it. And he's about to draw that distinction. But let me say that the reason that we do these things is not because we don't like it or because it doesn't feel good or we don't enjoy it. We do it because we like it. We enjoy it. It feels good or we want to use it for our purposes. And sometimes we do it because we're afraid that God's not going to take care of the thing that we need the most anyway. Well, God, I'm not, I'm just, I don't see my spouse and I don't want to, I don't want to just be alone. So let me, let me create the relationship of my making. Let me live like I'm married because he might not actually marry me. Let me live like we're married because she might not actually marry me. She might, she might leave me. She might not be satisfied to stay with me because God, you might, you might fail me on this. So let me do it for myself. Let me get drunk because, because I don't trust God to be able to comfort me during this time or to bring a solution to this time. Let me get drunk so that I can find comfort and escape because I'm not sure that God will deliver me. That's how we fall into these places. And there's no person who's exempt from these temptations. Being a pastor doesn't exempt me from this. Being an elder doesn't exempt you from this. Being a a deacon doesn't exempt you from this or a worship leader. It's just every man is subject to this battle because we're born of the flesh. We have to be born of the Spirit. When Jesus calls us, he's aware of this condition. You know, we sing that song, um, Reckless Love, and it's like, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. He didn't, and, and he, he, the, the shadows, these are, these are the shadows. These are the mountains. This is why he climbed up on that cross, Willingly. And allowed himself to be crucified on our behalf because of these things. But he didn't do that so that we would stay in that condition. He did that so that we could have an escape from that condition. So we don't have to be bound up and locked in by it. So that instead of instead of having the, the work of our own, we can experience the fruit of his Holy Spirit. In John 15, 16. Jesus says, you didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you. I gave you a job. I gave you a role so that you could go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he would give you. He gave us this role to be his ambassadors to the world so that the world would know and see that God is indeed good, that, that there is an everlasting king, there is an everlasting father, that there is a God who is loving and kind and gracious and compassionate and righteous and just. And he uses us to display that. And so he's like, I, I want you to bear fruit. That's that's what I've called you to do. That's what I've created you to do. That's what the spirit of God is available to you to do, to be able to bear fruit so that God could be glorified, so that Christ can be glorified in and through your life to a world that's desperate to know that God is indeed real. He is indeed, he's knowable, he's followable, and, and he, he, make, he makes himself available to us. So much to the point that he said, so that when you ask anything, I'll give it to you. That's how much I want you to be able to do this. That when you ask me for something, I'm going to give it to you. And so he says that. And so let's go, we'll jump back into Galatians 5. We see, so what is this fruit of the spirit? What is the fruit that God intends us to bear? Now, this is the fruit of the spirit. It's what God wants to produce in and through you. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. And the Spirit of God is incapable of producing any of the fleshly deeds that, that we had just covered, that we, we so naturally produce, that so naturally emanate from us. Now the Spirit of God wants to do something permanent in, in, in us, something eternal in us that bears good fruit through us. Now, the way he does this is, is the first step is that it's salvation. We cry out for the Spirit of God. We recognize that we are a people in need of a Savior. And we ask him to come and to redeem us. And he does that faithfully. All we have to do is ask and receive. By faith, we receive and we, we repent. We, we receive him as our Lord and Savior. We receive him as our King. We commit ourselves to following him. And then, and then what we do is then what, uh, that's what we do. And then what he does is he regenerates us. He gives us eternal life in that moment. When we surrender our life to Christ, we receive the fullness of salvation. And then what happens is that salvation works itself out in us. And it starts to overcome and overtake our flesh. And it starts to change our mind and change our appetites. It starts to change our desires. It starts to change the fruit of our action. All of those, all of those things Or what we can produce. But now God wants to produce something in us and through us. And our responsibility. And that is just to cultivate. Now an orange tree does not live in dread. That it's going to bear a banana. Doesn't do it. It doesn't wake up going. I hope I don't have a banana today. I hope I don't make a banana. That would be humiliating if I made a banana. In front of all these other orange trees. Just a banana popped up. That would be really. Be humiliating really for an orange tree to have a banana. When we're in Christ, we don't need to live in fear of I hope I don't cheat on my wife. When we're in Christ, you don't have to fear. I I hope I don't I hope I don't rob a bank. I hope I don't gossip. I hope I don't I hope I don't get carried away by some false doctrine or get carried away on the internet or get carried away in some financial scheme. I hope I don't get carried away in these things because when I'm in Christ, what happens is the Spirit of God starts to work something on the inside and it starts to produce a different kind of fruit, to produce the fruit that God had built me and intended for me to bear. Because He doesn't just like take off the bad things and put good things back on what he does is he changes the the fruit of our lives by by replacing the root, and so he says, "Hey, instead of I'm going to give you a, a root of the Spirit, so you can have fruit of the Spirit." And so now when you're tapped into me and you're tapped into my presence and when you read the word and when you spend time with me and when you fellowship with other believers and seek out my counsel and fellowship in my goodness according to my loving kindness now I'm going to start to produce different things out of your life. And so instead of vivaciousness you've got holiness coming out of your life. Instead of gossip you're speaking truth and encouragement into people's life. You see how that shifts? Now instead of going and telling everybody else about somebody else's junk you can talk to them and encourage them in the midst of their junk because the spirit of god wants to transform something he wants to exchange what you're able to produce with what he desires to produce through you so salvation comes first and then comes this outworking of the holy spirit in our lives and through a process called sanctification and that just means that he's carving off and cutting out the things of the flesh and replacing it with his spirit i knew you used to think that way don't think that way anymore you need to think this way instead now there's this really cool parallel that I that I want to that I want to look at real briefly. It's 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 um, Romans six twenty three, and Galatians five, nineteen and twenty have this really cool parallel that I that I want us to see because because Paul wrote both of these letters and 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 he's driving home the same idea to to two different groups of people but using the same using the same. Um, same opposites are using highlighting the same exchange. And so he says, Now in Galatians, now the works of the flesh are this, but the fruit of the Spirit is this. And in Romans six twenty three, what we says it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And so what we see is that there's this, this incredible exchange that's available for us, family, where, where there's what we can produce, the, what we deserve, and what, what we, what God can produce, and what He wants to give us. Of no cost of our own, except to say, yes, I'll follow you. The salvation is free, and it's not without effort, but it's without earning that we receive the Spirit of God, we receive the salvation, we receive the transformation, we receive the change, we receive His presence into our life. And then and then there is that hard work of walking in step with the Spirit and being obedient to Him. So that when you're like, hey, every time this has happened, I've responded this way, now when this thing happens, I'm going to respond according to the Spirit instead. What I've always done when this thing happened was, was crack open a bottle. This time what I'm going to do is I'm going to crack open my Bible. Amen. What I've always done in this case is, I've, is I've, I've, I've called people to complain. This time I'm going to cry out to God and ask Him to supply. That doesn't mean that... Or I'm going to call people and ask them to pray with me. I'm in a habit now of oftentimes asking someone, well, what are you believing God for? You pray and I'll agree with you. Hey, I've, you know, can you help me with my marriage? I don't, I don't know if I can help you with your marriage. I know God can. What are you hoping to happen? What is it that you want God to accomplish in your life? Great, pray that and then I'll pray. Because God wants us to ask. He doesn't want other people to do all the asking for you. That's part of what he accomplished on the cross. Was that he he removed the necessity for a man to stand between you and God. So that you could you you could approach God as 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 you are and cry out to him for what it is that you need. Now, there is a place where people can help you and encourage you in it and help direct that and help you get clarity and discernment about what it is that God wants to do. But, family, this is the exchange that's available for us the works of the flesh for the fruit of the Spirit. What we can do for ourselves and what God wants to do in us, for us, and through us. It's that simple. And so my question, and actually, Reggie and Miata, can you go ahead and come on up? What we're going to do is um, I want to ask this question is, so where do you need to make an exchange? What comes to mind to you? Even just, just right off the top, maybe when I, I listed tons and tons of examples because I, I was hoping that maybe we could get the pump primed and you could see that, oh man, there's this area of my life that's been unchecked by the Spirit of God. I, I actually accidentally fell into the Galatian trap. Where, where I was saved and coming to church and maybe even attending a small group or serving so I, I felt like I was good and maybe that other people needed to change but God likes me just the way that I, that I am right now. Forgetting that God wants to bring transformation, greater transformation to your life than has already come. The transformation of the Christian life shouldn't be something that we talk about happened a long time ago. Sometimes we, sometimes we overemphasize the Christian testimony or the salvation testimony over, over some other things. We, we rightly talk about our salvation testimony because it's important to be able to look back and say, man, that's when, God, that's when God reached into hell and pulled me out. And that's important, but sometimes we forget that he wants to do that today too. And we forget that he wants to do that in three years from now also and in five years from now also. And so if your last encounter with the Spirit of God bringing transformation to your life or an exchange taking place, if the last time you've got is when you responded to an altar call or, or a bunch of years ago and your salvation testimony, now is an, a prime opportunity for you to respond and say, ah, uh, I need to make another exchange. God, you just brought this to my mind and I want to surrender it to you. I want to give it over. I don't want the works of my flesh. I've, I'll tell you just very personally, I've seen what my flesh can produce. It's awful. It is. It is. It's like, it's like good enough to be better than other people. Right? Because I'm, like I'm kind of moral. I'm kind of, I've got this fear, of, like this fear of people thing that I'm like, well, I don't want to get caught doing something bad, so I won't do the worst stuff. But there's this There's this grossness to it, this meanness to it, this worldliness to it that I I don't want in my life. And so this is an exchange that God invites us into, not just when we got saved, but, but now, today, and tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. So as we go into this song, I would ask that you stand with us and that you worship with us. And we ask God to make this exchange. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you're not a shy God and you saw us in the midst of all of those things and so you're not afraid to approach them and to, to break the power of them over our lives. You're not, you're not a shy God that you didn't know that they existed or that somehow you'll be infected by our sin, but God, you're a God who disinfects us from our sin. You know, Jesus, there's the woman with the issue of blood. She, nobody was supposed to touch her because she had, to, she was unclean. And if she touched anybody, she would make other people unclean. But what Jesus did is when he touched her, she became clean. And he remained clean. And that's what happens when God draws near to us, is that that he transforms us. We We don't mess him up at all. Just virtue comes to us, the exchange takes place, and he's glorified in and through it without taking on any damage. When a firefighter runs into a fire, he's got to put on all sorts of gear, so he's not damaged by the fire. God needs no such gear. He proved that when he rose from the dead, that nothing can touch him. No sin, no pain, no shame, no sorrow, no unbelief, no fear, not even death could touch him. And that's the God that we serve, and that's who's available to us today. So, Father, we ask that you would draw near to us in this moment, that you would convict us of your, by your Holy Spirit what needs to be exchanged out of our life, the exchange of our flesh for your Spirit, in Jesus' name.